Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, this is week 10, and we've hit a milestone. We're in the double digits now of our podcast, and we thank you so much for being a part every single week and for uh, subscribing to the podcast and continue to go out there and uh, invite other people, send them messages on Facebook and other things. We're just excited about what God is doing in lives. Today, we're going to be talking about the calling of God, and uh, what we're talking about has nothing to do or more to do than just a vocational call. But uh, the call of God on every single follower of Jesus Christ. And there, uh, Pastor Tommy, do you see that as something that every believer uh, deals with in their lives? Yeah, we all have a call from God, don't we, Trey? And you can probably remember uh, when you began in ministry, you had a specific call to ministry, didn't you? Yes, I did. So how old were you when you felt uh, called toward ministry? Well, my wife was called to the ministry first, but it was before she was before we were married. And then, uh, I, I just told her, well, sorry about that. Cause I'm not. And, uh, you know, and then out of the blue, it was like a slap in the face at 19 years old. He called me to full-time vocational ministry and, you know, but, uh, I, there was a call in my life before that. I just didn't recognize it. So. Yeah. And I was probably a similar age around 19 or 20 when I uh, felt impressed by the Lord that, that vocational ministry was going to be what I did for the rest of my life. And, and so there are many like us, Trey, that are in pastoral ministry, that we have that kind of story, that there was a call that came to us when we were young and we've spent our whole lives in ministries. Um, and, and what we're saying is, is not everyone is called to vocational ministry, but everyone is called. That's everyone exactly is called right. to serve the Lord. Everyone mm-hmm. is called to use their gifts and abilities that God has given them. And so we've been studying at Northwood for a couple months now, the book of Acts. And what's so fascinating to me in the book of Acts is who God calls. Have you noticed that God calls some pretty interesting people to ministry in the book of Acts? Well, I think we always think of the apostles. And yet, uh, as you've reiterated, uh, the importance of, of just people that are just doing the work of God, not necessarily the apostles, what we would today call lay people, just out there getting the job done and getting the work done and getting the word out of the gospel. Yeah, obviously, when we read the uh, book of Acts, we read the New Testament in general, the apostles are pretty significant, right? Mm-hmm. They were with Jesus. They heard the teachings of Jesus. They witnessed the resurrection. They're, 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 they write the New Testament. They're pretty significant, right? But God chooses to use people other than the apostles in pretty significant ways, not only in pretty significant ways, but in pretty surprising ways. You think about Stephen. He wasn't an apostle, but he's the first Christian martyr, the first one to give his life for the gospel. You think about Philip, and and, uh, we looked at Philip this past Sunday and how God used him in just amazing ways, that God uses just ordinary people Mm -hmm. in surprising ways. And within our church here at Northwood, we've got a gentleman who's with us today that God used in a pretty surprising way. Uh, Adam Spurlock is with us. Adam is the lead pastor, church planter of Restoration Church. Adam, how are you doing today? I am doing great and honored to be here, guys. Well, we are Thank honored to have you. Great You've been have you. pastoring at Restoration for how long now? So we planted out uh, seven years ago here at Restoration. Okay, and before you started at Restoration, you were a member of Northwood for how long? I was a member of Northwood uh, for about three or four years, but before that, spent some time even when I was in high school. My family was, uh, was members here, and I love this church and what God has been doing here. And so before you started serving in ministry as a church planter, what were you doing? 
Yeah, so I had started, long story short, at FedEx, uh, you know, loading boxes in college, delivering boxes in college, and had kind of worked the way up there to uh, being in sales at FedEx and really thought that would be my life. Uh, vocation there, building a career, doing the American dream kind of deal while serving the local church. You know, I love the bride of Christ. God had always kind of placed me in there. Uh, and so that's kind of what I thought God had for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were working for FedEx. So I would assume that when you began to be called towards ministry to use your gifts in the local church in a specific way, you're pretty surprised. Very surprised and very, very scared. (laughs) (laughs) So what we want to do today, since we have Adam with us, and Adam has been just doing a jam-up job at Restoration Church, you guys have just broken ground on a brand new facility. God is blessing you guys. And we want to talk to you about the call of God because we kind of figure in the way that God called you to ministry, uh, you have some pretty unique lessons that you can share with us about the call of God. So Trey, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about five truths that uh, Adam learned about the calling of God in his life. And uh, we'll just get started. We'll just jump right in with number one, God prepares you before he calls you. Yeah. So I remember sitting across the table from another church planner about seven, eight years ago uh, downtown. uh, And I just told him flat out, I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. I have no idea what I'm doing. And and he really just said, wait, 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 wait one second. He's like, look in the rear view mirror of life. And and what has God done in your life starting at the age of 10? And and I remember little things like a youth pastor um, investing in me 30 minutes a week. I remember my mom and dad just equipping me in God's word all growing up. And then I remember uh, pastors like Pastor Tommy and, and other pastors in, in his position who would call me out, challenge me mm. to, to, to serve, to, to serve the youth group, to invest in other men. And as this pastor said, How, what has God done? He had all along been preparing me for, for something I didn't, never saw coming. So even in the midst of whatever you were going through, uh, Serving the Lord was just serving the Lord. And Absolutely. You were being invested in and prepared without even the whole knowing time. it. The whole time. Yeah. Just God has blessed me with a lot of people investing and discipling me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an encouragement for a couple of reasons. One, Trey, you probably have a similar story because I know I do. Even though I was called to ministry a lot younger, you know, as a 19, 20 year old young man. I can still look back and see how people invested in me and see how God prepared me through the investment of people. So we can all see that. We can all see how the investment of people have shaped who we are. But also on the flip side of that, just thinking how important it is for us as as followers of Jesus to be investing because we don't know. We mm-hmm. don't know how God is going to use that in the life of someone else to prepare them for uh, whatever ministry it might be, whether it's vocational ministry or something else. We don't know how God is using that investment in the lives of others. And so it's just really important to, to keep in mind that, that God really is using that investment that you're doing. It's, it's not wasted. Well, anytime you hear about the call of God in someone's life, you always talk about the people that poured their lives into them. Absolutely. You know, you know I think trade, I think of one gentleman in Augusta, Georgia, I found my, myself living in Augusta for a little while. Uh, he was an engineer uh, at a place called Savannah Riverside SRS. Uh, and he was just a lay person. Mm-hmm. And he invested in me with deep, rich Bible teaching when I was 21, 22 years old. That really was a major part in the foundation that I have now as far as theology goes. He's just a lay guy who mm-hmm. said yes to God to, to teach a young man. Yeah, and I think we always say he just, but you know, Correct. so many times God used lay people. Uh, you know, we always tell the story of D.L. Moody and the layman that led him to Christ, you know, but uh, over and over again, God uses lay people. And so I don't ever want to underestimate the power of the people in the pew, you know, mm. and the impact mm-hmm. that they have every single every single day. Uh, the, also, the good news is that uh, one of the other things you said about you want to talk about is that God continues to equip you after he calls you. Yeah, you know, one of the hesitations that I had, uh, you know, I felt like I wrote, 
God a blank check with my life and including going into ministry. But of course, one of the hesitations was I'm not equipped to do this. Um, and what I learned was as I said yes and took that next step of faith that I couldn't see where my foot was going to land, he would equip me along the way. Uh, and he's still doing that. I mean, he's still doing that even to this very day, equipping some of those rough edges and equipping some of those uh, insecurities and, and things that I have. What's an example of that? What have you seen maybe recently? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'll be very honest with you and just kind of be vulnerable. So one of the things I thought I had done well and had learned was leadership. Mm -hmm. And so being in this position, one thing to lead people who have a paycheck, you know, riding on their jobs, you know, and so you lead <laughs> them and, and it's a little bit easier than leading people who um, are doing this out of uh, either volunteer or service to the Lord and just really learning that I didn't know how to lead people uh, effectively uh, in in, in the structure of the church, uh, leaders in the church. But God began to just equip me by, uh, again, having other pastors, other men of God uh, pour into me to show me what what spiritual leadership looked like. Again, that happened after I said yes to God. And that takes humility. You know, we all think we know the answers. And uh, to God be has able a to way be of open. humbling you. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And just recognizing as well that we're never at a point in our walk with the Lord that we don't need further equipping, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've been pastoring now, again, for how long? About seven, seven years. years and, yeah. and, and, and you're still learning. Every day. And I'm still learning too. And Trey, I know you've got a lot to learn. Oh, I have. I'm done. My learning is over. 25 years. I'm. No, of course I am. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that's just an ongoing process that throughout you know the entirety of our lives, God is sanctifying us in our walk with him, making us more like Jesus, but he's also equipping us for further ministry. And while you're a lot further along than where you were seven years ago, you know, like I know, that we just got a long way to go yes, as well. Do. And And again, when you think about uh, Northwood and your relationship with Northwood, uh, what was that relationship like? How did Northwood help to equip you for the work that you were getting ready to do with restoration. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the first things I did when I felt the call was I invited my, my pastor at the time, invited him to dinner and just kind of told him the call that God had placed on my life and was really just going to exit quietly at Northwoods. I didn't want to create any ripples or any kind of waves. I just wanted to just exit quietly and begin this journey. And he and really the staff and the many of the lay leaders, I remember Frank Reeder, uh, I remember other gentlemen like that, who said, no, 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 don't leave. We, we want to equip you. We want you to stay here. We want you to build a team. We want to equip you so that when you go out, you go out healthy. And so Northwoods was a vital part of, of equipping uh, equipping me, helping me. Um, and then I, I say well, God used them in a tremendous way what he's doing at restoration right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of church we want to be, right? We want to be an equipping church. And what we mean by that, we don't want to just equip people to use them here at Northwood mm -hmm. on our campus. Mm -hmm. We want to equip people to send them out, to get rid of them in the name of Jesus, not in a bad <laughs> way, right? To get rid of the name of Jesus where they're going out and blessing the rest of our city and, and blessing our world. Right. And so I'm thankful. I wasn't here then I was nowhere in, in the picture, you know, when, when all that took place, but I'm thankful that this church even then had a heart uh, to yeah. send you out, to equip you, to help you, and set you up for success when you did walk into that ministry. Because I think, you know, a lot of times for us as pastors, we want to hold on to people as long as we can. And, and and you know, rightly so, we build relationships, we love people, we don't want to see anybody go. But to let somebody go for the sake of the kingdom and see them flourish in other contexts is really cool. And so I'm thankful for churches that desire to equip people and want to see that equipping even extend beyond uh, their four walls. The calling of God is not always easy, and uh, I think yeah. you would agree with that. Sometimes you wake up and you say, why am I doing this? Uh, so you ask the question or make the statement, living out God's calling is difficult, yeah. but he is faithful, 
Absolutely, Trey. I tell you, um, I would say the last seven years, some of which have been the most difficult years of my life in terms of marriage, in terms of just work, um, you know, just struggles. Um, certainly, as we as we deal with people, no matter what you're doing, it's going to be difficult. But I, I remember a couple times, you know, having to go uh, find a job. Again, I had started loading trucks uh, when I was in college, and then uh, you know I went to driver for a little while in college, and then I was you know a sales executive with my fancy title. And I remember having to go uh, to UPS and go back to loading trucks at 2 a.m. in the morning, mm. um, you know, and just God just being so faithful through all of those, you know, and then uh, working those hours and then, you know, the marriage really, we've been married 19 years, um, probably seven or eight of which have been the happiest years of my life. Uh, some of the most difficult <laughs> were also during uh, being a church planner, but just, you know, God just being faithful the entire time, providing strength, providing sustaining grace, um, causing me to fall in love with God mm-hmm. more and more every day when I see his faithfulness even though it's not always easy. You know, I think uh, as a, also a church starter, uh, there are times when you feel like, you know, you have been just left on the wayside. You know, you just feel like that. And I never, ever one time felt that God had abandoned me, you know, Absolutely. regardless of the situation, he's always been there. Yes, sir. And I, I is that kind of how it you, is. And I don't know for you, Trey, but just the intimacy between God and I has just grown substantially uh, as really, you know, yes, you got the valleys there, but God was always in those valleys. And it was just like this intimate time mm. of me knowing he was there. It, and it's, you know, it's the dependency thing. Uh, you depend absolutely. upon him so much. Yes. So you were in a secular job, had some success moving up the, the ladder, sure. then began to be in ministry, pastor a church. Uh, I guess my question is thinking back over these past seven years, when you compare it to the ministry or excuse me, just the career you had, and certainly there was ministry in that when you compare it to the career that you had in the secular field, what has been most difficult about being in ministry and saying yes to God, I'm going to follow you and step out in faith and do this. Yeah, that's a great question, Tommy. I would say that one of the biggest differences is when you have a secular job, no matter how dedicated you are to that job, to me, there was always a separation. There was always a, a time in, time out. Maybe that was sometimes blurred. Maybe there was, um, you know, my wife would have wanted that those boundaries to be a little tighter. But at the end of the day, there was always, that was my job. That was my time and my job. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was what I did. But when you step into ministry and you write God that blank check with your life, it becomes a life of service, a mm-hmm. life of ministry. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I know that... Would, we teach, you know, good boundaries and taking care of your family and your wife and your children. And yes, yes. And amen. But this is a calling. This is what, this is who I am. This is what mm-hmm. God has called me to do. The gospel permeates every area of my life. I, I never clock out per se. And so I would say that is the most difficult thing yeah. is learning how to be a husband, be a father, um, while fulfilling the call that God has mm-hmm. on my life. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And how do you see God faithful in that? Yeah, so God has been super faithful in, in that the whole time. Um, one, by providing a lot of accountability to me. Uh, I have a mentor, another pastor friend of mine um, over at Risen Hope uh, in Somerville, uh, and he has been a great friend to me to say, hey, Adam, I think you're, you've crossed that line a little bit now mm-hmm. of, of not being a good husband, not right, being a good right. father. And it takes a good friend uh, to say those words. You're mm-hmm. not being a good husband. You're not being a good father while you disguise it by saying, well, I'm just serving the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's how God has been faithful is by providing great men to come beside me, yeah. beside me and hold me accountable yeah. for that. Yeah. So you think about where we've been trained in the book of Acts when you've had stories of people stepping out in faith. Uh, you've had stories of, of everyday normal people, not apostles, right? Mm-hmm. Stephen, Philip, whoever the case may be, normal people stepping out in faith. 
And, and while it's certainly rewarding, as a result, we've seen in the book of Acts anyway, people come to faith in Christ, they're saved. Uh, it, none of it was easy. Right. No, and so there's no. this, there's, I think sometimes we uh, get into the mindset that if I just follow Jesus, everything is going to be all right. Well, I know. And, and I think with lay people, especially, I was a layman for uh, a good portion of my life. I'll just put it that way before I was called to the ministry and involved as a senior pastor in other ways. And I'm telling you, there are times that we as lay people involve ourselves so much in the ministry because we see the heart of the gospel and why people need Jesus that we can also cross lines Sure, yeah, but I really think that uh, there is this idea that uh, somehow, uh, you know, the paid professionals are supposed to do it and lay people just kind of lay back and getting back to the call of God on lay people. I think it's the same way. I felt just as called to God before mm. I was a pastor mm. to, to share the gospel and to be a soul winner and to do all those things. So it doesn't just, pass away just because right. you're a lay person, you know? Right, right, right. And it's still difficult no matter where you're at. If you're going to answer the call of God, it's going to be extremely rewarding, but there's going to be just all kinds of challenges along the way. And being able to depend on the faithfulness of God in the midst of those challenges is just vitally important. Amen. You know, Tommy, to your point there, I think even as a lay person, you know, I was a lay person until I was 34 years old, right? Uh, and every time you invest in in gospel saturation or spreading the gospel as a lay person, it requires sacrifice. And I think everything we do that God calls us to do, whether as a lay person or as a paid professional, is going to require a sacrifice, which makes it very difficult. Absolutely. But God is faithful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like number four here. You say that God will change you more than the people that he calls you to serve. Sure. It almost yeah. sounds like uh, opposite, but uh, I think you're absolutely right. It is, Trey. And so, I mean, I'll speak to that as much as you want me to. I will say this. It is so encouraging as a pastor, and you guys know this, when you see God change someone's life. Mm -hmm. like, like when God changes a, a lost person and brings their dead heart to life, like that is a reason to celebrate. And that'll keep you going in ministry for, for quite a while. When you see a marriage that's restored, uh, that'll give you life as a pastor, uh, as a minister. Uh, when you see someone just repent of, of bitterness and unforgiveness. Anyway, but then as I look in the rearview mirror of the last seven years, um, seeing the people that have been changed, uh, no one has been changed more than me. And I think mm. even my wife would say that uh, in, in, in this way, um, one dependency on God. Uh, before, when I was 30-something years old, lay person, had my career going, if I'm just being honest and vulnerable, I wasn't always dependent on God. Like I was doing pretty well. And uh -huh. I felt like I had it under control. And, and if I just worked a little harder, I could make all the problems go away. But in this role, um, God has shown me of my daily dependence on him, the way that I am daily in need of his grace, sustaining grace every single day. And again, I, I've already said it, but my love for God and my intimacy with God um, has changed dramatically through this process. And, mm -hmm. I, and so I would say he's changed me more than he's changed anybody. So as a lay person, mm -hmm. then what would you suggest to them? Since you had a struggle with it as a lay person, mm -hmm. how, can, how could a lay person come to this situation and say, okay, now I need to depend on God. I'm never going to be called the ministry. At least they say that, but in this time in their life, it's a great question, Trey. I would say if I look back in, in my own life, maybe one of the things that kept me feeling that I was truly dependent on God was that I said I had written God a blank check with my life, but had I really, and, and here's why there was always something that I was reserving for me. Mm -hmm. There was always something that was kind of off limits, you know, and maybe I wouldn't say it like that then, but that's how I was living. That's how I was practicing. Hey, this time belongs to me. You know, this money belongs to me. Uh, as a lay person, uh, I think the same thing would be true even if you're a paid staff. What areas of your life are you truly, truly giving everything to him? Mm -hmm. Because I think if you're truly giving everything to him, 
uh, you're going to have those those moments where you see your absolute Absolutely. dependency Absolutely. on God. Does that make sense? Because when you step out in faith and you begin to serve the Lord faithfully, it's going to expose your heart. Yeah, right. Good. You're just going to see those shortcomings. You're going to see those areas where you need to grow. You're going to see those areas where you need help and accountability. When you step out in faith, no matter if it's full-time ministry, no matter if it's going on that short-term mission trip, no matter what it is, when you answer that call of God, whatever it looks like for you, and you step out and you begin to engage the enemy in battle in the power of the Spirit, it's going to expose a lot in you, right? And the more that's exposed in you, I mean, that's really a good thing. Because the more that you're exposed for your sinfulness, your selfishness, your pride, the more it does allow the the God of all creation to work in you and make you into the man or woman he wants you to be. And so it doesn't matter if you're in full-time ministry or not. When you engage the mission of God, it's going to expose you for who you are, and it's going to create an opportunity for God to do a work in you. When you're not obeying God, you're you're kind of closing yourself off to to that um, cooperation with the Spirit, so he might do that work. But when you open yourself up, and we talk about here at Northwood all the time, living our lives open-handedly, mm-hmm. saying, God, everything I am, it belongs to you. You give me what you want to give me. You take from me what you want to take from me. When you live that kind of life, it's going to expose who you are, and it's going to allow God a fertile ground to, to work in you and make you into the man or woman he wants you to be. I think it all comes down, you know, we are taught from children to uh, lift ourselves up by our bootstraps, get up off Absolutely. the ground, quit crying, all those things. And we lose this idea of dependence. And we also lose this idea of being vulnerable and open. Mm-hmm. We don't want anybody to think that we're weak. You know? I mean, Trey, to your point, I mean, even the American dream itself, if you think about it, um, fosters this idea of being independent of God, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. dependent on God. And I think that's what I was pursuing before. Um, God really challenged me and called me out. Um, and so that's what I would encourage lay leaders is don't fall into that trap of just allowing uh, ministry to be a side job right, for right. you. That wow. is, is yeah. your life. Right. Mm. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So no matter if you're called to vocational ministry or if you're going to work at FedEx Absolutely. the rest of your life, view your life as a ministry to God. Exactly. And when you view your life as a ministry to God, you're going to open yourself up for God to change you, you more than he changes the people around yes. you. Yeah. And then fifthly, you say this, you must stay focused on the reason why he called you. Yeah, and you guys have been pastors, and so you'll understand this, but maybe the people listening, um, I'll give a little perspective. Whatever God calls you to do, whether it's uh, you know just investing into the person who lives next to you, whether it's investing into the lady who's right down the hall uh, from the office or the next classroom over, whether it's the guy at the uh, PTA club or whatever it is, when God calls you to do something, uh, whether it's plant a church, uh, lead, shepherd a church, there's going to be times of, of dryness. There's going to be a, that mm. spiritual time of drought, if you will. Uh, I just had a call with a church planner last week, um, and he's doing really well, in my opinion. But he, he literally asked the question, I'm not sure any of this is worth it. Uh, and so he's on the Ooh. brink of quitting and mm. tapping out. And so I think, but we, we can all be there. We can all yes. get there. And so I think the incredibly important thing that God has taught me is why did, why did I say yes in the first place? Because he gave me an absolute passion for the lost. Mm-hmm. Like he, he gave mm-hmm. me that this desire to see the gospel be, be spread, to be put forth and to reach people who were far from God, but close to me. And so on those days, and they will come, whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, a, a life connections group, those are those moments are going to come where you think, I'm not sure I have this in me anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know that I can keep going. What is the goal? What is the end game? What, what are you really longing for? I'm longing for the hope of glory, and I want to see everybody else with me there as well. And so I, I, see, I think it's super important for any of us, whether it's lay ministry or paid professionals, to keep in mind, to keep in front of us why God called us in the first Yeah, and place. I think along those lines, just remembering that we're in it for the long haul, right? Exactly. Just because of the culture that we live in, especially with technology and everything else, we expect 
everything to be given to us instantaneously. But that's just not the way God works, right? God works from our perspective, very slowly. From his perspective, he works perfectly. Exactly. But from our perspective, man, come on, God, could, could we just push this along just a bit? But as God's working through you, he's also working in you, right? So he's working in you to sanctify you and make you more like himself. And that just takes time. It takes a lifetime, right? And so just, you know, remembering, I think for me, you know, just being in it for the long haul, that, that, that on those days where I don't feel like I'm making enough headway or things aren't happening as fast as I want them to happen it doesn't mean that god's not at work he certainly is at work he is at work in his time and i'm going like you said adam i'm gonna keep my eye on the call that god has not called me to pastor in the short term he's called me the pastor in the long term and so i'm gonna hook up with him right and 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 walk with him and let him work in me and through me on his timetable and not mine i think we just too often get easily discouraged because we're not seeing the results we want and whatever it is fast enough Exactly. Uh, I would agree. And to Tommy's point, uh, someone said to me a couple of years ago in my frustration uh, moments, um, Adam, are you looking for fruitfulness or are you looking to be obedient to mm. the Lord? And that was super helpful for me just to like step back and say, let me check my heart on this. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam, as we close, uh, there's a bunch of people listening to this today, obviously, and they might be struggling with the call of God in their lives. Okay. They're lay people. And they don't even know if they're ever going to be called beyond what they're doing now. But how do you encourage them to stick with the call of God or move towards the call of God in their lives? That is a deep, tough question, Trey. So how would I encourage someone to to pursue the call of God? Number one, I think the only way to hear the call of God is to stay close to God. Mm, absolutely. And so if you're not close to God on an individual day, every a daily basis, I'm not sure that you can clearly hear a mm. call of God. And I'll just speak to my own life then. All right, so in my own life, no matter what it's called to do, whether it was the first time David Thompson in Augusta, Georgia, talked to a 22-year-old and said, Adam, I want you to lead a youth group. Uh, right. And really just pursuing that in prayer. You know, are people calling, are they acknowledging a call mm-hmm. in your life? Are they seeing a call? Are they verifying that, confirming that? Uh, number two, are, are, can you really say that you're deeply in God's word, uh, that you're deeply in intimate prayer time with him to hear from him? Um, and, and then what are your giftings? What, what are your gifts? So is there opportunity? Is there giftings? Um, are you being called and affirmed by, by God's people to mm-hmm. that? Um, and don't be afraid of it. God is faithful. God is faithful in spite of your inadequacies. Yeah. Amen. yeah. So what I've heard you say, Adam, several times during this conversation is dependency on the Lord. Yes, sir. And intimacy with the Lord. Right. Yeah, so if you're dependent on the Lord, if you're walking intimately with him, you're going to know where God wants you to be. Whether it's like you, Adam, being called out of a secular career and placed into full-time vocational ministry or it's staying right where you're at. You're going to know how God wants to use you in that place that he has you if you're walking in dependency and you're walking in intimacy, right? That the calling of God isn't something that we selfishly pursue, right? It's something that we humbly accept as God speaks to us through his word, through people, through our circumstances. As we depend on him and walk in intimacy, we're going to know. We're going to know exactly where God wants us to be. And if we're walking in dependency and intimacy, even though it's a step of faith and there's going to be challenges, we're going to do it with boldness and we're going to do it with, with eagerness because we're convinced that God is calling us. Right. So, I mean, I think what you've said just over and over again is just so critical intimacy and dependency. You agree, Trey? I agree. The, developing that love relationship as uh, Dr. Blackaby said many a time is, is so important to just finding God's will and doing it. And they, we can go, you can go back to the old podcast a few weeks ago when we talked about the mm, will of God. That's right. And it's so tied together. 
And uh, it's important that we pursue whatever the call of God in our lives, that we pursue it with all our hearts. That's right. Because that's right. There, uh, when we come down to the end of life, that's all that's going to matter when we get to the end. And, that's right. Well, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us out and just uh, uh, just uh, kind of seal this thing for us today. Yeah. Adam, thank you so much for being with us, man. I know that here at Northwood, uh, there are all kinds of people in this church that love you and are proud of you and continue to pray for you. And if you're listening today and you're not a part of the Northwood family, uh, we just want you to know that there is a God that loves you who wants to call you first to himself in a relationship with Jesus Christ and then call you to serve him as he desires. And we hope, like we always say, we hope that this podcast has been helpful for you. And if you like what you hear, we do want to encourage you to just to hit that subscribe button on your device so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a rating and review that helps us get the good word out about this podcast. It helps people to find us. And we hope, as always, that this podcast today has helped you connect faith to life.